Hello and welcome to the podcast. What's that podcast name? Stuck in the 90s. <laughs> what are we? We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. Who's giving me a strange look right now? <laughs> That's Connor, one of the hosts of this show. Who am I? My name's Chris. Today we're covering April 1st through 7th, 1999. Let's just jump right into this. April 1st, Nunavut, an Inuit homeland, is created from the eastern portion of the Northwest Territories to become Canada's third territory. I remember this like it was, well, I guess, like 17 years ago. Yeah. Also on April 1st, Mexico effectively ended the midday break, or siesta, for government workers. They estimated electricity savings at $192 million. That's a lot of money, and especially in 1999. Yeah. Also, a midday siesta sounds really awesome. But it extends the workday considerably. Does it? Well, yeah, because a midday siesta, like, we're talking a couple hours. Well, you just work less. Just be like... No, you you work the same amount. You just work later. So all the lights stay on. Everything stays on. Oh, yeah. Okay, fuck that. Yeah. April 2nd. David L. Smith, a New Jersey computer programmer, was arrested and charged with writing and unleashing the Melissa computer virus. The virus was said to have infected up to 20% of computers worldwide. Why do they name it Melissa? I don't know. I think it's because of Melissa Joan Hart. Definitely. They should have called it the Teenage Witch, and then it's like... Sabrina, you dick. I love you, Sabrina. Me too. April 3rd, President Bill Clinton authorized a $50 million emergency fund for Kosovo refugees and urged Americans to make donations. This was a point in time where, you know, Americans were good people. And cared about refugees yeah. and, and whatnot. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, probably a lot of them still do. I would say the majority. I'm yeah. just kidding, Americans. That was a joke. April 4th. The Colorado Rockies beat the San Diego Padres 8-2 in baseball's first season opener held in Mexico. Seriously? They're called the Padres? Yes. Okay. I know nothing about baseball. (laughs) That was a neat tidbit. I mean, the major leagues are full of players from everywhere aside from the United States. So I thought it was pretty neat that it took until 1999 for this sort of game to be played outside of the U.S. Moving on to April 5th. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled that police can search the belongings of car passengers while seeking evidence against the driver. Uh, more recent civil forfeiture laws now allow the police to keep what they find, which is fun. For them. Yeah. I mean, I've never been civilly forfeited, but it sure affected how much cash I wanted to carry with me like when I went into the States. Right. Also this day, two Libyans suspected of bringing down Pan Am Flight 103 in 1988, wow, are handed over to Scottish authorities for eventual trial in the Netherlands. The Libyans! <laughs> that was a Back to the Future reference. Yeah, Doc didn't like the Libyans. Well, you know, oh my god, they found me. They were how, but they found me. Run for it, Marty! Who, who, who do you think? The Libyans! That was a bad impression, but... It started out pretty okay, though. I don't know if you guys can hear, but I'm kind of sick right now, and my voice is not 100%. April 6th, in Massachusetts, Maria Grasso, age 54, a Chilean immigrant working as a babysitter for a millionaire, won the $197 million big game jackpot. I wonder what, like, the uh, babysitter mother thought of that employer, I guess? Yeah. Let's move on to April 7th. Popular multiplayer game Team Fortress Classic is released. Based on the 1996 Quake mod, Team Fortress, the title was ported to Valve's gold SRC engine as a way of promoting Half-Life software development kit. Valve's cool. I recently started playing TF2. Yeah, that's kind of why I put this in here. Yeah, this is a good one. Recently started playing TF2. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've never played it, so. Like, within the last two weeks. <clears throat> okay. Also, an article from this day, Gore has high-tech high and low. 
On Tuesday, even as debate continued over Gore's recent self-portrayal as the father of the internet, the vice president showed up in Silicon Valley and, faster than a Pentium 2 chip, popped into the multi-million dollar technology museum of innovation here to tout his cyber proficiency. Wow, Gore exclaimed, marveling at the computer program, which is called SimCity, a popular game among teenagers. Holy fuck. I think this is probably the best article, or at least the most 90s article I've ever sort of skimmed through. That's a pretty good week in the 90s. Just on the week overall, one note. Bill Gates' personal fortune now exceeds $100 billion US due to the increased value of Microsoft's stock. That's right, Windows 98 really bumped up that stock price. Congratulations, Mr. Gates. Now that's it for the week. I think we will move on to movies and music, and we will start with movies. This is a pretty big week. This might be the best box office week we ever have. Coming in at number one, The Matrix. The Matrix is in my top 10. Say what you will about the remaining two movies movies of the trilogy, the first one was a game changer. It was groundbreaking, not only for bullet time. The whole plot was so intricate. The whole plot scared the shit out of me back then. I loved it. Oh, it was great, but like just then I'm like, what if we're in the Matrix? Second movie on the list, equally groundbreaking, 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, I have nothing to add to that. (laughs) Moving down the list, we have Analyze This, Ed TV, Shakespeare in Love, Doug's First Movie. Oh, that's so good. Baby Geniuses. That's one of those VHS covers that I vividly remember. Moving Um, on, we've got things like Cruel Intentions, October Sky, probably one of Jake Gyllenhaal's first movies, I'm thinking. That was a really good one, too. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. There's a lot still in the box office at this point. We've moved on to like the era where there's, you know, 10 theater megaplexes and stuff. So movies can stay in the theaters for a long time. A lot of these have been in here for 10, 20 weeks or more. A Bug's Life, for example, is at 18 in its 20th week in the box office. Let's end things off with, what, 25? Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah. Patch Adams featuring Robin Williams. Very good movie. I've actually never seen it. That's crazy. I've only seen that Patch Kevorkian sketch that I showed you. (laughs) That's awful. All right, let's uh, jump into music. Rough week on the Billboard Top 100. And by rough, I think you mean amazing. Believe by share is number one. I believe this to be a rough week. Connor, I need to tell you something. You believe in life after love? I, I've reached that age where I'm too old to pretend not to like share. <laughs> this culminated about a month or two ago. There's an episode of The X-Files. I thought you were going to say Will and Grace. No, Go on. no, there's an episode of The X-Files called The Postmodern Prometheus. It pays a lot of homage to Frankenstein. So at the end of the episode, when they realize that the Frankenstein monster kind of thing isn't really a bad dude, they take him to see Cher. Oh, God. It's so good. It's one of my favorite X-Files episodes and solidified that Cher is, Cher is legit. Terrible. Number two, we have Heartbreak Hotel by Whitney Houston featuring Faith Evans. Now, I didn't recognize this song until it got to the chorus, and then it dawned upon me. The chorus of this song draws very, very heavily on the chorus from uh, Careless Whisper by Wham. It's like... And then the Wham song is like... like Just listen to the two songs, listen to the chorus. They are very similar. I wonder if there's been a lawsuit about this. There hasn't. There's almost no... I, I looked this up, and there's like one dude who's like... Hey, these songs sound pretty alike. Number three, Every Morning, Sugar Ray. Yeah. Moving on. Four is What's It Gonna Be by Busta Rhymes featuring Janet Jackson. We're going to let this slide until a little later. Yeah, this Uh, is an incredibly, unbelievably 1999 music video. 
What I mean by that, like Connor just said, we'll get back to. Finishing out the top five, I still believe by Mariah Carey. No one cares though, because number six is Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. I'm pretty sure this song was in almost every 90s movie soundtrack. Everything of like and 1999, there's She's All That. At least um, the rom-coms. An episode of Dawson's Creek it was used in. I would have considered this one of the biggest one-hit wonders of 1999 if I didn't realize that Mambo Number no. 5 came out later on this year. Ooh, that is a good one. Also, brief Canadian aside, still about this song. Uh, this song was on a compilation CD called All Request. This was a th- free CD given out by the now-defunct retailer Zellers. This is a very 90s statement. It's a very Canadian statement, too. Yeah. I kind of miss Zellers. Moving down the list, we've got No Scrubs on here by TLC. Good TLC. Uh, Good TLC song. Angel by Sarah McLaughlin. If you don't recognize the name of the song, you would most assuredly start tearing up if you heard it, thinking of, I don't know, puppies and kids in third world countries and stuff. Tugs of the heartstrings. Also, All I Have to Give by the Backstreet Boys is at number 10. That's something. Makes me tear up too. Maybe one more time's on here. It's down to 14. That's a crime against humanity. Eh, and now it's... we're pretty much at the at the same stuff that we covered last time when we covered 1999. Oh, number 34. We Like to Party by the Venga Boys. That's a good one to I end I think that's on. where we ended. That Man, is a good I still, one. I still like that song. All right, let's move into 90s news now. So I came across a story very fitting. Salt and Peppa, Color Me Bad, Kid and Play and More set for I Love the 90s Tour. The 90s are back in full effect. Salt and Peppa, Bismarcky, Kid and Play, All for One, Coolio, Color Me Bad, Cool Mo D, Rob Bass, Tone Loke, Vanilla Ice, and Young MC will embark on the 29 City Tour. While the nostalgic celebration actually started in the spring, promoters decided to extend it due to popular demand. That's a pretty stacked lineup, I guess. People love the 90s. Who does? thunk it not me now let's move on to this week on each week on the podcast we pick an episode of seinfeld friends or the simpsons that we think is really cool and just talk about it for a little bit seinfeld is over friends for some reason wasn't on this week so we're left with kind of a shitty episode of the simpsons we're in season 10 by this point it's kind of past its prime anyway season 10 episode 18 simpsons bible stories three famous religious stories are retold in simpsons style as the family nods off at church This wasn't a terrible episode, but it wasn't great, and I think we're just going to move on and just leave this episode of The Simpsons where it lies. For today's 90s spotlight, we would like to have a brief discussion about 1999 music videos. Now that might not ring a lot of bells for you right away, so we're going to discuss some frequently occurring themes that'll jog your memory for sure. Now when you think late 90s videos, probably the biggest thing you think of is just over-choreographed dance routines, which is very true, but... We're going to just dive a little bit deeper and let's go for it. First on the list, basic CGI, especially focusing on liquid simulations and morphing, cubes that move around for no reason, things that kind of float in the air. Just random little CGI elements because, hey, we've discovered what computers can do at this point. It's becoming relatively affordable, so let's just pop them everywhere in all our music videos. On the same topic of CGI... (laughs) Body armor. What's up with that? 
Like liquid metallic body armor in specific. And physical body armor as well. With most of these, CGI wasn't at that great of a point yet, so they had to build actual props for the body armor to work. One of my favorite things about music videos from 1999 is their involvement of technology. Like, it's very futuristic. And the best part about that is that if you actually watch anyone using a computer, it seems as though they have no real understanding of what they're doing. It's all entering password or bypassing the mainframe, but there's no... There's a general lack of understanding of how computers work. Mind you, this is still, this particular one is still prevalent to these days. I know there was a music video sometime in the mid-2000s where someone is texting on an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Still to this day, no one understands how computers work, but I think this is really when it got its beginning, or at least this is when it became a bit more mainstream to not know how to use a computer. Before we started recording the podcast, Chris pulled up a couple music videos for us to watch one of which was that Busta Rhymes. That's what started it. Janet Jackson video. Mm-hmm. A lot of weird CGI stuff in there. Also weird computer stuff. But he put on a video by J-Lo. Which one was that? It's uh, If You Had My Love. Omnipresent cameras. What is is up with that. So many 90s music videos. There's a million cameras everywhere. No one's asking any questions about them. Mm-hmm. And not like a camera like someone's recording you like, like, oh, we're making the music video, which is a very common Mariah Carey thing. Mm. But just either floating cameras or security cameras or something that is almost a big brother-ish diving into someone's life. In this J-Lo video, there's dudes and a girl just watching J-Lo go about her daily activities on her website, which is basically a proto sex cam site. That's kind of what it looks like, like a softcore one. And beyond that, the people watching, like the three of them, two guys and a girl watching JLo, at first appeared maybe to be security, like they're mic'd up for some reason. But as it goes on, they definitely don't look like security, they look like peeping toms. Oh, there's the one dude who's just like skeezily chilling out on the couch. Yeah. Like, with his keyboard on his lap, covering his massive erection. He's wearing sweatpants. He's wearing sweatpants. Yeah. So, yeah, there were a few videos that I think just really fit this criteria. Go back. Go back. Watch the music videos from 99. There's so much weird liquid CGI. I think that's the biggest one for I'm me. going to give you four right now to watch. There's the Buster Rhymes song that we mentioned earlier in this. So, it's Buster Rhymes and Janet Jackson, What's It Gonna Be? Yep. We've got Unpretty by TLC, If You Had My Love by by Jennifer Lopez and Larger Than Life by the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> these are four videos, all from 1999, that fit at least a few of these criteria. More than just the choreographed dance routines, because that's basically all of them. Larger Than Life is particularly weird. I love the Larger Than Life music video. It starts off as a homage to A New Hope, to Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope, with a massive ship that just goes on forever. Except, unlike Star Wars, it's playing little clips from every Backstreet Boys song, which, I mean, is something I'm sure George Lucas wanted to do for the special edition. He probably tried, though. Oh, he definitely tried. That is uh, that is 100% fact. I have researched that. I am not <laughs> lying right now. It's a very John Oliver moment. <laughs> Moving on to our sponsorship segment, as you know, the podcast is not sponsored, but in preparing for the hopeful eventuality of such a sponsorship, uh, we like to give you a fake sponsor every week. We to- need to practice. This week, our sponsor is Tim Allen's Grunts. 
from Home Improvement. I have so much to say about this topic. I can't do it. He had so many different grunts. Tim Allen in Home Improvement was like the quintessential stereotype macho man. Like he conveyed his innermost deepest feelings through grunting. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Happiness, sadness, bewilderment, befuddlement. Uh, uh? There was so much emotion. He's like so much range through so little. It's like someone who can make a masterpiece of art through like a black and white pencil. Like if you told a mime that they could make one sound, they would choose the grunt because look at what Tim Allen's done. He's a pioneer. People often hate on comedians who get their own sitcoms because their range of acting just isn't that good. And say what you will about Tim Allen, these grunts were next level grunts. And that's why we would really like to thank Tim Allen's grunts for imbuing us with emotional range. Thank you, Tim Allen. And you've gotten me through some tough conversations. I don't know how to respond. I'm grunting. And for some reason, that's accepted. Thank you for helping us pretend to be the men that we may or may not actually be in our real life. <laughs> that's about it for this episode. You can find us on Facebook at Stuck in the 90s Podcast. You can find us on our website, Stuck in the 90s Podcast.com. Email Stuck in the 90s Podcast at gmail.com. I'm on Twitter at Chris Elphick. I don't know what your Twitter handle is. Connor J. Thompson. Instagram also. Stuck in the 90s podcast. We might actually post something every week. Every day. Every day. Even better. We we establish something on this podcast, then we multiply it by seven. Uh, now, to everyone's favorite part of the show, we're going to spin the wheel. All right, next week, we will be doing... Uh, let's see. Oh, that was a terrible spin. I derailed it. it was That's a good, a spin. good one. All right. 92. We are doing April 8th to 14th, 1992. We will see you next week. And for now, the podcast podcast is is now over. over.